0: Hey everybody! We want to welcome you to this week's edition of the Get Your Geek On podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Charles Keywitz, Robert Dokes, and Anthony is back. bringing you the best and latest geek news for this week. And we got some hot news off the presses. We're going to jump right into the show as always, and that is going to start with our Game of Thrones segment. Took a great episode after the death of Hodor. In the previous episode, I feel like the episode really jumped off hard this week. I mm-hmm. uh, got some big revelations with Bran becoming the new Three Eyed Raven. Got some great flashbacks to some scenes in the Westeros history as he pretty much downloaded all of it. And then the debut of a character from the books known as Cold Hands. Now I didn't know much about him. I know that Benjen Stark is his real name, but it appears they have merged the character Cold Hands. Well, they've
1: merged the character, character Cold Hands, which is not Benjen Stark, according to George R. Right. R. Martin um, in the books. But he is in the series, Dan and Dave have taken the series and kind of made cold hands that and that's their prerogative. Um, but it was good it was I thought it was a good addition to what they're doing, and it kind of links that character who's been missing for essentially. Four
0: seasons I liked yeah. it because it was an episode that kind of got in a little bit of everybody's storyline Which is yeah. not an episode that I've seen in a long time yeah, they you don't got, usually do that a lot. That's what it usually it's it tends to be two to three characters I notice this is the storylines will flip back and forth But I mean if you look at this you got the Jamie and Cersei storyline you got the Daenerys storyline You got the Arya storyline you got everything with Bran and Benjen then you have Sansa and Jon making their move You have the the phrase. Going through all their stuff. You have the Iron Islands, everything. Literally, like, everything got wrapped in this episode. It definitely sets the course for the final couple of episodes. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, one of the biggest things, I think, was the Bran whole scene where he's basically downloading the history of Westeros. was really cool. Because I liked that they showed the Mad King, which I don't believe we've seen on the series yet. No, you haven't. You had not And one of the things that I'm really starting to think is because of with the Hodor... And how that was, uh, was affected? What are your thoughts on the fact that Bran might have drove the Mad King mad?
2: Funky time travel stuff.
0: Really? Now that you have the uh, time travel peanut butter and the Game of Thrones chocolate, anything's Love possible. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a really good, really, really good. Because I don't know anything about the Mad King. I just know that he went crazy, tried to burn a bunch of people, and then Jaime Lannister killed him. Yeah, he,
1: he was one of those guys that became obsessed with the prophecy of of the, uh, the the prince that was promised. Okay, and so the idea was this: it drove him mad. And it's because he was trying to figure out what it was, and he was trying to live up to Targaryen name, and just all this stuff happened in the book that drove him mad. And when Robert's Rebellion broke out, uh, you know, he died. <laughs> now, is this is the Mad King Rhaegar Targaryen? No, Rhaegar is his son. Okay, this is Aerys Targaryen. So.
2: I'm not too familiar with the Game of Thrones book series. Yeah, what is the prophecy of the promised prince? So this is the That's whole thing Melisandre
1: keeps That's talking it's about. A, the prophecy of the promised prince is that uh, the dragon has three heads. So if you're a big book person, um, it's been hinted that Jon Snow may be one. Daenerys Targaryen is one, and there's a third one that you might think is the prince that was promised. It, the idea is if it goes into the high of uh, the high Valyrian, because there's this guy called uh, the Red God, Redlore, the, the Red, the Red Priest, the Red Woman. Oh, we met another red priestess, cool. yeah, which was cool. pretty badass. Yeah. Lassie, so you meet her, and they're all talking about this prince that was promised. Melisandre originally thought it was Stannis, Stannis. and now, when books, she's thinking it's Jon Snow because it's the idea of it's the blood of a king. Because technically, no matter how you want to look at it, uh, in the in the greater history of Westeros, there is the kings of the North. The Starks were the kings of the North for a long time, so they have king's blood in them because they were rulers. But there's also the idea that it could possibly be Jon Snow could be the child of Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark. And he's got, like, double the royal double, blood. Double royal blood. Whoa, double rubble. And so there's the Daenerys, but there's this prophecy in Valyria talking about the prince that was promised. And so uh, Rhaegar Tar- Targaryen was very interested in it. Uh, his father was interested in it. And uh, what we're seeing is how it's playing out on the story.
0: So it could... I see them taking some kind of weird twist with it with— it, maybe Bran shows him That it's Jon Snow Or something And he freaks out Because he realizes His son created The promised prince So then in reality He did By mm-hmm. having a Maybe something like that yeah. I mean just see One thing that I actually Didn't even put in the outline I wanted to bring up The Samwell storyline From yeah. this week's oh, episode Was awesome. pretty amazing yeah. How about seeing Gilly All right? done up right Gilly's yep. fine <laughs> One of the greatest things I thought was just the big F you of Sam at the end to take Gilly and little Sam with him, but and then the more sword. importantly, to jack the sword. Yeah, there's another Valerian sword, and like I just love how he just had it as a mantelpiece, like one of the most powerful weapons yeah, that sure. we could use. And yeah, it's just here, no problem. No yeah. one's watching it, either. no one's watching it. And he, he literally just rolled up in the living room, took the sword. He's and like, You up. see
1: that scene, is we're gonna leave you here? And he's like, No, no, we're not gonna I do that. I was so
0: happy because I was watching it, and I was like, I was sad when he's saying goodbye to her and stuff like that. And then when he leaves, I was like, Really, dude, you like, gonna, and then when he busts back in, I literally left out in audible like yes. Yeah. yeah. I really,
2: really <laughs> thought he was gonna kill his father before he walked out of that house. This,
0: the whole thing again, because the book guy,
1: this is very different from where it came out in the books. I'd like the way that they're playing it out on television because it shortens because there actually there was an instance in the books where he met Arya because they were over in Bravos for a little while trying to get back oh, wow. to oh, Western. Did he know it was Arya? No, he didn't know it was Arya because Arya was she one had of the a fa- different face she, right? well, well he oh, wow. never knew what John's sisters looked like to begin with. So it was she she met him and she was playing this character. Yep cat of the canals, and uh, what happened was he just was trying to get around, he bumped into this guy, which in Bravos means you start a sword fight, and she saved him. And then they got back over, and then they made their way
0: way to Old Town.
2: So I have a question about in the books, and Arya's storyline—does she like fail the whole faceless man? Yeah, thing?
0: what's up with that? Because the, in the episode, Arya decides not to kill the actress, and then basically yeah. the the faceless man guy, uh, Jockin Hagar. Yeah, I always forget how to say his name because people pronounce it just Yakin weird Hagar ways. Yeah, because I always imagine that
2: she things. had like this little bit of a run with them, but no. It in the book
0: in the book right now she
1: is okay with them. She's, a, she's like a part of. The, she's a part so this of. This is them changing something. This for the is show, again. They're seeing things where, where is the, is, and this is the kind of concern as a book person, um, because are they, you know, what are they really giving away for plot? Nobody really knows is whether the whole the Hodor thing is real because he hasn't come out with Winds of Winter. Sure. Now he releases. He this, said that
0: the, the reveal of the Hodor twist is different. That's yeah. in the book, but the the twist itself is the same.
1: Yeah. But what we're looking at right now, just from the standpoint of of, of the television show, is like, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing.
0: Well, you're gonna be seeing less of it because news is also broken this week that Game of Thrones next season will only be seven episodes. What? How many episodes this, are there this season? They're normally season. Ten, I mean, ten. And apparently they're they're down after this season there will only be thirteen episodes left of oh, Game of Thrones. Snap. So they're gonna do seven for the seventh season and then a six part final season. Whoa. So apparently this season is definitely setting in the storylines that we're gonna see wrap it up. So I mean we're that's in a, a major huge part. I mean, waiting for a year for seven episodes, I mean that's a little bit disappointing. It's basically a miniseries. Whereas most part. shows that dump a full season at once and things like that, the reason they do that is a couple of the episodes are expendable Jessica Jones even as much as I love that show that show could have easily been two or three episodes shorter Game of Thrones that. is one of the very few shows that like they could actually go a little bit long and get away with it they condense everything into these 10 hour formats but I'm it's going to be interesting to see, wrapping up this season, one of the things I do like is that the episode titles for the last remaining episodes were leaked, and episode 9 is titled Bastard vs. Bastard, setting Ooh. up a Ramsay-John Snow battle. So that's yeah. something I'm interested to see. Do you guys hope Ramsay bites it this season? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody wants to see him I, he, die. I, who It'll would be ever think that you could death. make King Joffrey look tame? Yeah. Like just mm-hmm. with pure hatred because I had never hated anybody more than that character. Well,
2: Joffrey he's a little jerk, but he doesn't know any better. But Joffrey became screwed. like a pop
0: culture like they used to call Justin Bieber the King Joffrey yeah, of, yeah. of music. Like, but just I don't know. It's interesting to see what they do with that character. But the biggest revelation of this episode for me was by far the Benjamin Stark. Yeah. Uh, one of the coolest things I thought is that he's basically in a state of somewhat being undead. He's neither dead nor alive. Which he's I think
1: Schroding, is really he's cool. Schrodinger's uh, night watch guy.
0: Uh, which is really really cool. He's basically saying by the three-eyed raven who is now bran which as we stated earlier but uh basically he was stabbed by a white walker sword left to die and turn into one of the white walker's army the children of the forest found him and plunged a dragonglass dagger into his heart so kind of weird with me what they're doing this because a a dragonglass can create a white walker a dragonglass can stop a white walker from coming and dragonglass can kill a white walker so it makes no sense to me that the same material can birth stop and kill the same species that's like saying kryptonite I, makes Superman strong and kills him. Oh, red kryptonite makes him strong. Pink right? kryptonite makes him gay. That's another thing. People didn't. <laughs> <been> realize. That's <laughs> a real thing it was in oh, the '60s. Oh pink God. kryptonite was a real thing that made Kryptonians homosexual. Oh, Is that
2: why there's all this pink kryptonite around my house?
0: And then in Smallville, they adapted it to be a lust thing, where he could uh, basically use it as a power of seduction, so he could get mm. anybody to do whatever he said.
2: Oh, you silly Superman! But yeah, that mythos. was a real. That was a, one of the real like
0: throwaway <laughs> like, "Hey, we hate gay people in the '60s, so we're just gonna make Superman gay." And it was like a. Bad thing Mm. but there's a yeah that was hilarious to me but Benjen cold hands I know some fans are upset that they seem to have merged those two characters I personally don't mind it because I don't read the books
1: I don't I mean no I don't mind it either I'm just happy to see another Stark that's living yeah, I mean, like I told you uh, last week, it's kind of nice to see that the the Starks are starting to rally because they've been—here's a family that, well, all the stuff that's happened in Westeros, you're
0: like, man, can't these Stark kids catch a break? And it seems like Jaime Lannister's been sent to duel eventually with Brienne, I think, is what they're going to be setting up yeah. with that. It's going to be interesting to see how that's played off. But what do you guys think? Do you think the Starks retake the North at least? Yeah, I do.
2: I think I, they will, but I do feel bad for all their poor wolves—
0: the, the direwolves, man, they the just, dust. they have, uh, there's none left, right? I don't think there's. No, there's uh, this, uh, there's uh,
1: Ghost, Nymeria's still out there, which is uh, Arya's, Aria, because she just chased
0: it off in the woods, but most, you know, they're only. Isn't there something in the books, though, where Arya's direwolf was the only one that could recognize her as a faceless man? Uh well no because that
1: hasn't come out yet but her her wolves currently in the books are running across the Riverlands in a super pack or her wolf is running a super pack of wolves that are just randomly like killing people. Oh
2: yeah, there's like a whole subplot with the wolves yeah. in the books. That's what Because the idea is
1: like me. every once in a while the Stark kids have dreams because they're actually wargs. Spoilers. Uh, all of them? <laughs> yeah, all most of them are wargs so yeah, Arya's a warg, Jon Snow's a warg That's and Bran. And so they
0: have these they have these Sansa w- have any powers? Oh, her wolf's dead. Her no, wolf. i just saying, Did she have powers in the books? I believe they're they're all like diluted. They, they, they have powers. these they have
1: these dreams where they're going into the wolves and they see the they see the world through their wolves' eyes. So I think Ar- Sansa in the first book had those dreams. Arya definitely had those dreams. Bran we know is a is a green seer, and uh, Jon Snow had those dreams as well.
2: I really should read the books. <laughs>
1: they're they're really awesome. It's just the idea is that you know George R R, R. Martin finished the fricking books.
0: Did you see <laughs> the epic rap battle between him and J.R.R. R. Tolkien? Yeah, that was awesome. I thought awesome. that was amazing how they said, you ripped off everything from me, you even stole my R.R. Did you guys...
2: Uh you catch that little interview? I think it was on comicbook.com with uh, Robert Kirkman
0: slamming. Oh yeah. yeah, I would Mark never do that to my the fans. Yeah. Like changing, the, Robert Kirkman's is doing anything he can to grab her attention now. Though now they're like, we've merged the Fear the Walking Dead timeline with the Walking Dead, which they said they never crossed them over. But dude, that dude flip flops more than Hillary Clinton. So I'm not even gonna get into that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so that's gonna wrap us up for Game of Thrones this week. It was a great episode. Obviously, looking forward to the final three. That's gonna bring us into trailer talk this week, and some great new trailers have dropped. One of them is the new extended trailer for Independence Day 2 and if you were not hyped for this movie before if you don't get hyped watching that trailer I don't know what to tell you. I was such a fan of the original. It came out on my 10th birthday July 4th, 1996. I vividly remember it and I'm really excited for this sequel. The idea of having Jeff Goldblum back, having Bill Pullman is back. Is your birthday
2: the 4th of July? It is, unfortunately.
0: Hey, uh, by 3 minutes too. literally 11.57 on the 4th of July. Mm. But, uh, You're it, not
2: part of Hydra, are you?
0: No, it's not. And it's not fun when your parents are like, the fireworks are America's gift to you. So that's why there's not presents at the party. But uh, so Independence Day 2 looks great. It's basically 20 years later. looks like that when the mothership detonated in 1996, it sent out a distress signal to the alien's home planet. And now they've sent reinforcements. So basically, we've had 20 years to adapt their technology, reverse engineer it and see what we can do to fight them this time. I'm really excited for it. Robert, a, what were your takes on this trailer?
1: Well, when you, when I was in high school or graduating high school, when that movie came out, so that shows you my age, uh, and that was an awesome film. I really enjoyed it, and I and I wanted the sequel immediately when it happened, and there had been talk about it for. It, years. This
0: movie was the sequel that was stuck in development hell. For, yeah, it was in development hell for it years. It was originally supposed to be a two-parter then there was talk that oh we're going to do it all and just bring a full cast reunion then there was Will Smith blew up and it was never going to happen and, then, and so to see to see what we got
1: right now I'm really excited to see where they go with this because it's almost the it's it's almost the exact storyline that they had talked about originally which is the whole idea is they've adapted the aliens technology they're ready to they, they feel that they're ready to fight the aliens on equal footing and things
0: don't turn out the way that they One expect. One thing things I didn't like from the trailer is the idea that the government, now Area 51, has this basically prison of a bunch of live aliens. Did mm. you see the scene where he's like, they're not screaming, they're celebrating yeah. when the show comes out? So I was like, that's just really, your, what, why do you need to keep them alive? What happened? Is there some kind of DNA-based Science. reason Science. for their technology? <laughs> I don't know, but that part of it is a very small fact I love the fact that they still go after the landmarks And Jeff Goldblum comments on it Like they love to go for the landmarks (laughs) I
2: thought that was cheesy, but The fact that we're set up
0: on the moon now So you have the possibility for like a great outer space battle Which is something we didn't get in the first one I know it'll never happen because he's gone so bat shit crazy Bat crap crazy, sorry But how crazy would it be if Randy Quaid somehow appeared at the end of this movie? Oh boy I know he's too busy in Canada fighting extradition Because the Hollywood hit squads after him Yeah. But I would have loved to have seen that Just him emerge from a ship But I'm excited for this movie. Anthony, were you a fan of the original?
2: I loved the original. I was I mean, I've always kind of been a Will Smith fan.
0: So I mean, with the, aside from the absence of Will Smith who they explain gets killed off testing one of their new alien planes, what are your thoughts on this? I didn't even plane? realize his, that. Yeah, his son is the the new Black guy in the movie Libley. he's basically uh, No offense Robert He's the token black guy If you watch that trailer It is just white he is the right? only,
2: Yeah he is the only one And then
0: it's got Thor's little brother Who that dude cannot seem To get a grip in Hollywood Chris not Chris Hemsworth Liam Hemsworth Liam Hemsworth and That dude The Hunger he Games in, I didn't uh, buy him Yeah I, he was in Hunger Games But he
2: just he But they can't, were successful
0: But he just can't seem to land it And same thing with Chris though Chris really can't do any movies outside of thor that what make you mean? money he's in the next He'd,
2: ghostbusters
0: he's in the, the next ghostbusters is basically just like the male version of megan fox and the transformers he's yeah. just there for eye candy for ladies but i don't know i'm excited to see independent So definitely check out the extended trailer uh new trailer that dropped for a movie i am super excited for and that is sausage party the seth rogan judd apatow gangs computer animated movie uh basically food in a grocery store discovers the truth that food's eaten by humans and they try to get back to the grocery store to warn everybody. Uh, I'm not anticipating much as far as storyline and plot development for this movie. I don't think that's what it's made for at all. But then again, these computer animated movies take so long to make. This movie's been in development for like four years. So I'm excited for it. All the Red Band trailers look hilarious to me. Robert, what are your thoughts?
1: I'm looking forward to it because I was kind of, I thought it was a silly concept at first, but knowing how good Jud- Judd Apical and Seth Rogen have been in terms of that, I think it's gonna be really great, especially it's an adult comedy. And so there are things that are going to make you laugh and make you feel like you're 16 again. So I'm really looking forward to see what they do. Uh, when the film comes out, because it's,
0: right now the jokes look really good. And, and his, the
2: animation is beautiful. beautiful. It really is, it which great. is something
0: that I wasn't expecting when they announced that this was going to be an animated movie. One of the things I'm looking forward to see if they have the what I call the Family Guy effect, and that is basically a, a lot of the Apatow comedies have had some pretty outrageous scenes. I think that can easily be said. Sure. But with the animated medium, you can go so much further. I mean, look at what the jokes that Family Guy gets away with and things like that that you could never tell like on a live action show. So I'm, I'm hoping they take advantage of that, because this movie is a hard R, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping they really try to
2: even that Red Band trailer alone I would never show to her
0: I love how it starts off like it's a kids movie though Like oh, the I've music been in theaters when it's played and everyone's like oh yeah And then the moment the Irish potato's like she's peeling me fucking skin Everyone's like what? What is this? What are we watching? And it's just hilarious to me because nobody knew this movie was being made, so just seeing the reaction of the trailers was priceless. But I think it's going to be a great movie, so definitely check that out. I
2: like, uh, when I saw the Red Band trailer in theaters, I think it was before Deadpool, everybody was just in the theater was like, what the hell is this? And then that potato peeling scene happened, and there was an audible gasp, and then just Piles of laughter
0: I think it's going to be great So I'm looking forward to that So definitely get online Check out the trailers For Independence Day 2 And Sausage Party Also just want to throw in there Real quick There's a great new Finding Dory trailer I know that might seem A little bit amateur to people But I was such a fan of that movie When I was in high school and this, the trailer really seems like it's living up to the Pixar hype. Pixar
2: can't really do any wrong. Well,
0: Ellen DeGener- Pixar never wanted this movie made. Ellen DeGeneres fought for this movie for the past 10 years. This was, it was yeah. the last movie she was in. No, but it, it, for good reason, though. Like, she had an idea for a story, and it was really cool. And I really like the idea of the storyline. You have Dory's whole family. But one of the things I loved from the first one is in my high school, the seagulls from that movie, the mind, 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 became like such a big thing. Like, someone in a gym class would start it, and the entire gym would be going. I love that basically the new seagulls in this movie are the sea lions. I
2: still. Hear that! I still, hear, that. At the end tra- I still um, hear mine, mine, mine.
0: But the sea- yeah, the new one is the sea lions with off, 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 and it just looks hilarious. So definitely check those trailers out. But I want to move into some breaking news that broke just as we were getting ready to film today. And that is that The Flash has found its new director in Rick Fuguiwa. I want to make sure that I'm somewhat getting that right. And he is the director of Dope, which is a great movie. Highly Never underrated. Seen it. I've reviewed that on Critics Corner too. You've not seen Dope? No, that's awesome. It's on uh, Netflix, man. That, you have to watch yeah, It's yeah, seriously yeah. like one of the most underrated <laughs> Who's in movies. It? I couldn't tell you. It's, it's, awesome. Awesome. It's, like, it's,
1: it's an independent film, but it's about a it's about coming-of-age film about a kid who lives in uh, uh Child of color who lives in South Central and he's really super intelligent. And so it's this idea oh, cool. it's like he's, he's like
0: smart. Smart flash. <laughs> yeah, you won't call it that, but it's it's like it's awesome. I just had a weird reaction to your child of color comment, because I was like, what is is cuz you, like, you
1: know what I'm saying, because not, 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 every, it's, it's not, all the, not all the characters in that are black, so you well, want to make sure... So we're not
0: saying it's a blaxploitation film. No, but it's not a blaxploitation film. We're also film. not taking it back to the Rosa oh, Parks see, days. Oh, see, I pictured, like, a guy in a rainbow coat. No. Uh, okay, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, so we're looking forward to see what that. I personally, I've, we've stated before our trepidations about the idea of this Flash movie, especially if you watch AC on DC, which premiered yesterday. We, we get into the ideas of the Flashpoint Paradox and how they could bring that to feature film. But it's exciting to see that they have that director there uh, big casting news that also broke as we got started Which is Bill Skarsgård has been cast as Pennywise in the long delayed it really? remake. yeah And for those who don't know Bill Skarsgård really great actor He was on a show called Hemlock Grove on mm. Netflix, which if you haven't watched that show It's friggin amazing. It's basically like vampires and werewolves on an R-rated level It's got yeah. Famke Jensen who played Gene Grey as mm. one of the main characters great show. I'm excited to see him I don't really want to see it remade because I feel like the first one was enough and haunts my dreams So, yeah, yeah, not fun. Everything floats down here. Yeah, I... (laughs) Just just the idea of of clowns really, really freak me out, because in my opinion, a clown is just a transvestite that keeps going. Because if you really think about it, like, if you put on a little bit of makeup and eyeshadow and walk down the street, people would be like, oh, man, get away from my kid. But if you keep going, they're like, hey, entertain my child. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so... Clowns freak me out. I kind of like
2: clowns. I've always been a fan. Really? Yeah, I don't mind them. Really? Especially that that one clown in the sewer outside my work,
1: and, other, <laughs> <laughs> and or, or other that b- one in England that terrifies everybody who posts on Instagram. So great! He has a
0: Facebook page. It's He's like, really cool. No, it's, not. Dude, it's not. You're driving down at two a.m. Do you see the guy you just that see trolls a clown him holding a balloon? Yeah, that, I mean, I'm
2: always in the market for a balloon, man.
0: Anthony, and three weeks from now when we report Anthony was brutally <laughs> murdered by a clown <laughs> on a back road, we'll know why. We look back and the, we didn't see the signs. Uh, but in other casting news, T.J. Miller from Silicon Valley fame has been cast in Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. He's Miami also Sitter's
2: in Sausage Party, too.
0: He is in he's Sausage Party, and he's on Silicon Valley. If you're not watching Silicon Valley, seriously, awesome. get on board that show. They are three seasons deep, and it is seriously not losing an any steam at, at all. incredible cast. And it,
2: Mike Judge, right? He, it, yeah, Mike, Mike Judge put Judge that, that together,
0: who I watch anything. Have you ever seen Extract, yeah. his movie with Jason Bateman and he's, Mila Kunis? He's just
2: incredible. Oh, my Mike God. Judge Mike is is one Judge is one of my heroes. wrote, directed,
0: stars in it. It is seriously one of the funniest comedies I've ever seen seen you yeah. got to get on that. He's one,
2: a, he's one another one of those golden goose type guys he really really, Anything he makes is just incredible.
0: I'll tell you what yeah. and that's how he talks in extract He literally is Hank Hill, no but just really. a live-action version of okay him. Oh, dude, it's so fun and Ben Affleck plays this best friend whose cure for everything is getting high on different types of drugs Like you know what you need man. He's like, I don't need to get high. He's like you need LSD LSD just a little bit of it man and just every situation in this dude's life. basically he meets Mila Kunis wants to bang her but he's married so his idea is oh if i hire gigolo to bang my wife She'll have cheated So then I won't feel bad cheating okay. And there's like The most hilarious scene I think I've ever heard As far as a one-liner Where he, he confronts the gigolo Who basically falls in love With his wife He's this dumb California surfer And the dude says to him Please man I really got a good thing Going with your wife right now Don't mess this up for me <laughs> And it's just like The stupidity Jason Bateman plays The best everyman So definitely check that mm. out um, But yeah And lastly in casting news Is basically rumor mill For right now But it appears that Brie Larson has emerged As the front runner For Captain Marvel and all I can say about that is, meh. Really? Meh. I kind of like it. I don't like her at all. I was I didn't never like really it.
2: impressed with her until I saw Room,
0: you wanna and know? then I really liked her. You want to know why I don't like her? Because all I see of her is the league. She was the nanny on the league yeah, that gets was. DP'd by Rafi and Pete. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah, you just look out there and you're like, that's what you want? Is uh, Rafi will live on forever. She was. Have you
2: ever seen Room? It was really, I didn't really Room. good.
0: I, I just didn't like the whole premise of it. I'm like, ah. Eh. I want to watch Based white on, like, girls a stuck story. in a room. I'll watch the news. There's, that happens in real life. I don't know. I think it makes sense if they're
2: going for like a, a younger cast for this next generation. I just of don't Avengers feel like she style. has
0: the stature. She doesn't seem physically like the right type. But they they can always do that with training. I mean, sure. they, I mean, my, she's got that thin ratty hair. Like I hate women that like, have that paper thin hair. You know what I about? Well, talking I
1: mean wig, wig city on Hollywood. She was in my one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, yeah, this I is love Enf- that movie. The Adams, because that was just anybody who's. She's also in The
0: Gambler with Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg which but, not great at all.
1: But you, I mean, like, I'm mixed on this one because there's been so many names that have come out for this movie, and it seems like this is the largest. I mean, outside of Doctor Strange, uh, which you know, which we now have Benedict Cumberpatch for, um, this is one of the hardest roles that they've had time a hard time casting. They have to get it right, and they have to get it
0: right because they're making a big thing out of it. Because and it'll it's, be the first thing that they're behind DC on is yeah. getting into hey, the females. Yeah, Marvel's Super Wonder, Wonder Woman. Yeah. I really think that Wonder Woman is going to be a trendsetting movie. But uh, and then last, I just want to mention too: Jeff Bridges was added to the cast of Kingsman: Two, The Golden Circle, cool. which I think we're all excited about. That was a movie that came out of nowhere for me. Like I, it's yeah. one of the very few comic book movies that I hadn't read the comic going into it. But I was yeah. pleasantly surprised at that movie. That was because
2: Mark Millar makes comic books so they can be turned into movies I, now.
0: Man, I'm such a Kick-Ass fan. Like, I'm itching for Kick-Ass I love Kick-Ass. Yeah, but tell me you don't want to see it completed.
2: I didn't like Kick-Ass 2, the movie.
0: I, I didn't like the movie, but the adaptation, I mean, the comic book itself was great. But did you read Kick-Ass 3 where yeah, he, he wraps everything yeah, yeah. up? Yeah, I think that that would be amazing to see on film. But uh, so, Jeff Bridges, excited to see him. He really doesn't do wrong. Uh, I hope dude. he's kind of playing a villain. That's what I'd like to see. And then, uh, just lastly, want to mention that the Yoga Hoses trailer and poster dropped. We're a huge Kevin Smith buffs here, so definitely get out, check that out. See it in theaters when it comes out on July 29th, or if it's touring in a town near you. Kevin Smith started his tour last night. And in Hollywood news, we got some great announcements for some new movies and a bad announcement for what I think is going to be a bad movie, and that is Star Wars Rogue One is apparently undergoing massive reshoots.
1: Well, I mean, the reason behind that when they when they talk about it is because when they look at it, when Disney saw the cut from what the rumors are is that Rogue One was felt like more like a war movie than a Star Wars movie, which— I think is kind of cool.
0: I would like to see that. I'd rather have the first cut of that, but, you know, they want it to feel like a Star Wars film. But It's because of the performance and the hype of Force Awakens. They, they're trying to not flop in between their you movies. You just never
2: get any good boots-on-the-ground type stories in the Star Wars universe. And then
0: here's the whole thing. It's like, with you're doing this prequel, it's kind of weird to me because there's no main characters. Like, yeah, Darth Vader's said to be in it and this and that. And now with the rumors, that it apparently ends 10 minutes before A New Hope starts. So it's, it's interesting really? to see how they're going to take on that. But I just... I, I'm well, not a big prequel guy. I've never been a prequel guy because I feel like they're always just—it's a money grab. Uh, and I know Disney wants to put out a Star Wars film every year for the rest of our lives, but it's like, is this really what you want to come off after? The the huge, massive success that was Episode Seven? Mm-hmm. And this is really what you're going to follow it up well, with?
1: Well, I mean, I don't want to say—I am interested in this premise. I do want to see what this happens because they've, they're introducing a lot of characters which I believe will play roles or at least have a history in some of the later films that they're going to put out. But— um, I'm a little disappointed that Disney sees this as an issue. I would think it's going to be a better movie with a boots on the ground type situation
0: because guess what? You know, the force is not a thing here. And we're going to start an over-under on this film of how much screen time Forrest Whitaker's Lazy Eye will get because I am interested <laughs> to see that. Did, have you seen the trailer? It's literally yeah. just him doing the Forrest Whitaker. What will you become if you stay on this
2: path? How about Forrest Whitaker in a Star Wars that movie? One. That's cool and enough.
0: That's hilarious. I love Forrest Whitaker. I think by far his best work was Repo Men. It's my favorite movie. I think that's such an underrated movie I don't as well. When it's used sci-fi roles. And then, starting production this week, a movie I am personally excited for. I don't care that it's going to bring hate. and That is Transformers Five, which has now been titled The Last Night. Mark Wahlberg returns as Cade Jaeger, and the villain was announced to be Megatron, which I could do without it's Like, really, again, he's how is he Megatron now? He was Megatron, then he was Galvatron, and now he's going to be Megatron again.
2: Well, he's Megatron. He's just the Moriarty of the Transformers universe. Well, he's going to always it, come
0: back. Them having announced Transformers 5, 6, and 7 and the Bumblebee spinoff. Jesus, really? Oh, yeah. You didn't oh know that, gosh. dude. They're set up they're for gonna, like, the next Fire five
1: going to make milk, 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 milk this out because they're not really, you know, they're not too sure if they're ever going to make another Iron Man movie again.
0: Well, they're talking about... Um, <clears throat> Possibly doing Galvatron at the end of this movie, which I would be really, really excited. Or not, uh, not Galvatron, Unicron. Sorry. I Really Uni- think
2: I th- I, I'm pretty sure the last Transformers movie I saw was the second one.
0: Really, I love it like I go so. see them all. It's just the the kid in me that was such a Transformers fan. The fact that Peter Cullen still does the voice. Optimus Prime. See, That's all. I, I miss Autobots. I miss Transformers. And
2: roll out. I miss Transformers by like one year.
0: Yeah. See, I was always a big fan. I love Beast Wars was like my big thing. I as did a kid. like Beast Wars Dude, Beast Wars well, was yeah. amazing to me. So I'm Optimus excited Primal. to see. This one. Yeah, that was Optimus one of those Primal. things where,
1: as a kid, it was like the moment I saw, it, I was like, no, really?
0: Because well, the, like, so th- the animation is so bad. The animation,
1: like for me, again, growing up in that era was the you know it's like other oh, Transformers, and you realize like, man, this wasn't long. It was like two you know two three seasons with those that that theme Wait, song was that short it wasn't More that
2: I, that mean, I feel like it was like a lot lot of times. It, they it, went through like four iterations
1: they went through through four iterations but the original series uh when it came out was like done by Sunbo and oh the,
2: oh and then they had the second the, series, series right the
1: second series which was which was it took place in the future and it's really on their no, home planet on their home planet and it was like so Spike's an older he has yep.
0: kids and, see, I go uh, hard with the Autobot history, and one thing I hope to see in the films that we haven't gotten to see yet is that at one point in the series, Bumblebee is actually a Prime. He's descended from the Primes, and Optimus Prime has basically kept him aside in secret, so in case he ever does actually die. Permanently Again? which they always seem to bring him back which I kind of hate but bumblebee would rise up to the level of prime Which I think is really cool. I love bumblebee in the movies I love him talking through the radio like I hope he never gets a voice that was a cool course And what I do like about these movies is that the human cast can be replaced you can kick Shia LaBeouf out You can kick Mark Wahlberg out because the Transformers are the stars of these films The humans are just there to add a little bit of levity and emotion to it And I know people will hate on Michael Bay but if there's one thing that dude can do it's blow it <laughs> up on film and that's what these movies are. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, think about every Transformers film. The final 20 minutes has always been, like, some really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Like, not the storyline all you want, but the visuals on those movies have never disappointed in my mind. Mm. I mean, think about Transformers uh, 3, where they're in Chicago, and there's the giant snake Transformer wrapping up the buildings and that yeah. whole thing. Just it really cool to me. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. It's begun. Production coming out next June. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, In other news, this is the time of year where now all the networks are getting ready to announce their fall schedules, getting everything on there, picking up series, canceling pilots and so forth. And one pilot that I actually did not think was going to make it to series is FX has picked up Legion, which is a loosely based X-Men TV series following a child of Charles Xavier. who's in a mental institution thinking that he's crazy hearing voices and then he finds out that the voices he's hearing are everyone around him. Uh, So I'm interested to see this. Basically, they're describing it as Alice in Wonderland in the X-Men universe. So not a lot of details about it. They did release one production still. I don't know if you guys heard anything about this. What are your thoughts on this? No, I haven't Uh, seen anything about it.
1: I'm going to reserve judgment because Legion, just knowing the history of Legion, it doesn't (gasps) end well.
0: Yeah, (laughs) there's nothing in this series that seems like it's going to be even remotely happy at all. Um, so that's definitely really it as far as series news. Riverdale was also picked up to series by oh, CW. Yeah. So Berlanti has got five shows on TV now. So that'll be interesting to see. And, uh, and actually, they're all on CW now. I
2: forgot about Riverdale. Wow, I'm a pretty crazy. big Archie Why fan. Why do you just
0: call it like Berlanti W or DCW? We should just
2: rename it DCW. he's, he's running five shows now. That's he's crazy. running
0: Supergirl, Legends, Arrow, Flash, and Riverdale. Yeah. That's crazy. Man of many talents. Uh, And just before we launch into some things, uh, Ninja Turtles 2, which uh, premieres tonight in theaters, is uh, garnering some good buzz as far as fan love for this movie. They're saying that the fan service is amazing. It's the best representation of the Turtles as brothers that you've ever seen on film. Uh, You get Bebop, you get Rocksteady, you get Shredder, you get Krang, April O'Neil, Casey Jones, all that. Critical Mm -hmm. reviews are mixed, but this movie is not made for critics. This movie is made for Turtle fans, and apparently it does not disappoint. Uh, last, I just want to say before we launch into X-Men Apocalypse here, that Alice in Wonderland 2 is also suffering from this slew of bad reviews, and as someone that loved the first one and has seen this movie now twice in 3D and 4D, go see it. It is not deserving of the bad it reviews.
2: It got bogged down by X-Men, It right? got
0: bogged down by X-Men, which is also getting bad reviews, and that is the meat of the show here, where we are talking X-Men Apocalypse. So here's your spoiler warning. Turn away now if you have not seen the movie, because we are going to launch right in. Uh so this is the 7th movie in the X-Men franchise and I got to tell you I think it was a hit. I don't understand why it's getting the bad reviews that it is. Yeah, there were some moments that I could do without, some moments that I think were underutilized, but for what this was, the conclusion of a, a trilogy and the start of a new one, I feel like it accomplished those goals. I feel like the characters that I wanted to see kind of highlighted were, which and that's Nightcrawler and Quicksilver. And I like the Phoenix. I, I love that whole idea of, of that take on the character. It looked awesome. It really did. It's the, the best representation bird. of the Phoenix Force I've ever seen other than the X-Men Legends video game. So that part of it was really cool. Um, I feel like Storm and Cyclops, their storylines were a bit muddled. Um, Cyclops, mm. it was understandable, but I didn't like thought the, it was I cool like
2: to see Cyclops taking more of like a leadership role when they were whittled down to just bare-bones X-Men. Yeah, That was great, because that's kind of the Scott Summers I like to see, like taking charge. I don't know. And, I, don't
1: know. I mean, is the... Uh, I like I like the movie. So that's one of the things where uh, you heard me a couple weeks ago. I was kind of down on it because of the mixed reviews. Saw it with Chuck. I'm not it, – it doesn't nearly deserve the hype or the the crap that it's getting from reviewers.
0: So it let's doesn't. pick this apart piece by piece here. Let's start with number one overall, Apocalypse. Now, like as I've said before, I was not a huge fan of the comic iteration of Apocalypse. I was never really a big X-Men guy. I liked this take on the character as far as – you can knock him for the visual look, all that. As far as explaining his powers, the idea of transferring your consciousness and holding on to the powers, I liked that aspect of it. I liked that he wakes up into a world that basically where the the powerless have claimed power so that aspect of it i really liked what were your thoughts on the actual take of apocalypse himself not his visual representation just the film version of the character um
1: on it oscar isaac was good he could have done a better job yeah uh, because it's like
0: apocalypse that's a character that lends itself like chewing up scenery and i feel like he he really didn't
1: yeah it was like you know the you have a guy like oscar isaac who's a really great actor and uh his screen time was great, but it may, he felt like more of a messiah, a misguided messiah, True. than this really all-powerful.
2: He didn't have the voice I always pictured Apocalypse having. Mm. He was kind of like, come to me,
0: my child.
2: Yes. I always pictured Apocalypse it having was like very, this big robotic kind of voice. It was very
0: kind of like weird uncle yeah. type to me. You know what I mean? It's like that my weird uncle that's <laughs>
1: inappropriate. It's like, come to my mutant van, and I have candy, and I'll imbue you with powers. (laughs) You want to see
0: powers? Yeah, Yeah, I'll show you my powers. But uh, And then let's get into the four horsemen here. Now, Angel and Psylocke, I think we can easily say underutilized, kind of pointless to have in this movie. They never even explained Psylocke's power. She's supposed to be psychic, too, which he never even got to see. Angel was just a drunk who got messed up by Nightcrawler, who I will say that scene was awesome. And then they, uh, they have their rematch. But uh, as far as reasoning for the horseman, I like Storm because basically it's the first mutant that he sees after he wakes up. So I understand why he would pick her. And then Magneto was totally understandable. And I understand Magneto's reasoning for joining him because the whole losing your family yeah, again— I- like he was trying, Which he was, was honestly. An awesome, and insane. all he did was try to save someone, oh, yeah. and yeah. like he was literally just trying to live a yeah. good life, just trying to be a normal person, and all he, he literally saved someone's life, and it cost. Well, him that just everything.
2: goes into the in the X Men world, as you both know, that there's just this huge fear and racism towards mutants, and that. But just adds I right just love into the term
0: it. and the idea of basically it mirroring his situation. Whereas, first of all, they have that callback to yeah. Auschwitz, which is amazing—like the whole bent gate and then him ripping Auschwitz to shreds. That was awesome. But that whole like mirroring the scene of him being taken away by authorities and, and the then daughter, his child manifesting yeah. her powers and yeah. then it costing them his family. Which I thought that was really cool. I, we Robert and I had talked about before uh, at the movie that we hadn't really seen the representation of someone controlling animals before, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Yeah, you
2: and I talked about that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> Like, to me, it reminded me it was a scene ripped right out of Jeff Lemire's Animal Man, because yeah, you about uh, his that. daughter, Buddy Baker's daughter, she has that exact power.
0: I thought it was really cool. I liked seeing uh, some of the newer X Men. My personal favorite was Nightcrawler, because as I've said before, that opening sequence to X Men Two I will hold toe to toe with yeah. any sequence from any superhero. That movie was by ever made. far. That was that because his introduction was this, and oh. That, that was like, awesome. I, I get goosebumps When I watch that scene He still. looked really
2: good In this movie too He looked yeah.
0: amazing In this movie And what I will say For this movie Is that them nailing The classic 90's costumes At the end Was friggin incredible when, Yeah when
2: I saw uh, Cyclops' like, bandolier yeah, I the was The bandolier like, And the
0: mask But then Nightcrawler Was in his red and blue yep, He had the yeah. vest on And everything else Like that Quicksilver Had the stripes In the silver Like yeah. Really, really cool for me. But that is one thing I think we want to move on to next, and that was the highly anticipated Quicksilver sequence. We had all known it was going to be set to the song, The Rhythmic Sweet Dreams, but I think this scene delivered. I mean, it is amazing what they've done with the short screen time that he has. They call this scene the extraction. Basically, he rolls up on Xavier's school as it's being blown up and rescues everybody out of the school. What were your thoughts on this sequence itself, the special effects, the overall...
1: I think this is where they probably spent the bulk of their money on the movie. Took 17 oh, yeah. days to, to shoot this because it's the, the ability for him to do that. And the moment you see everything, and it's like, pause, the explosion happens. And you're like, he's
0: just there. And, and it's a great representation of how fast he is. 20,000 miles per hour is what they stated on the, uh, the featurette that I watched, which I think is really cool. Uh, one thing that I will say is I love that the little quicksilver takes. First of all, I love the idea that the moment he rolls up on the explosion, he cracks his knuckles. Like, he hasn't done it in a long time. He yeah. hasn't had to use his power, so he's excited about it. The little thing where he's dancing with uh, Moira McTaggart as he moves here, he drinks the tab cola, yeah. he, uh, eats all the pizza on the dog. Except saves one the goldfish. It, it saves the goldfish, all the little things. But I feel like the, the overall special effects of the sequence, seeing him move through the whole mansion as it blows up, seeing him get to the point where he just starts kicking people yeah. out of the house at high speed, its it's the, really cool. The
2: only problem that I had with the scene was that I felt like it took all the gravitas away from the death of Havoc. But True. other than
1: that, I thought it was really good. Did Havoc really die
0: though?
2: I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he was right in that. Ex- he was right in that explosion. If anything, he sweat. A I'm, lot.
0: Ex- I'm excited for. It. I thought it was a great sequence. One of the, the things I love the most is the idea that he has a soundtrack when he uses his powers. Basically, he loves to listen to music. That was one of the few things I love from Blade Trinity. Uh, the Trick's the daughter there, the Whistler, yeah, Whistler's she's daughter, whistless- daughter that listens to a, yeah. basically like a badass track. Another good
1: that, Ryan Reynolds character,
0: Hannibal King. Yeah. I love that. I, I like people knock that movie as saying like it's really horrible. I loved it. Patton Oswalt, Natasha Lyonne, Ryan Reynolds. The whole idea of bringing in Dracula. The like, series was pretty good. It, it really was. I honestly hope they recast. It was this ahead 90. of its time. They, they,
1: there is rumor. There is rumors that they want to do that because. You know off topic They do want to do that Because he is iconic just He's like. one of
0: the Like I consider him Like Han Solo level Iconic characters Like I could never watch Another because Blade Because
1: he, he had the phys- When you look at it He had the physicality Because he is a martial artist In real life um, He's still good for his age Right now And
0: whatever he, well, dude, Black don't crack <laughs>
1: like, let's well, No I'm not talking here. about like, like, you know, like he still stays in shape So it's not like He's like you know He was on that uh, the, It cancelled NBC show um, The Gambler or the, the Wager The Player right. The Player um, w- the idea is he's still in shape. Uh, I think he's still up for willing to do and the tell role. Me that doesn't lend itself to Netflix.
0: You don't even oh, have to do a right, feature yeah. film with that. And
2: what what was really awesome about Wesley Snipes' Blade? He looked like he stepped off the page. Yeah, he, really he looked did. just. Did. Like There's him.
0: talk of the round two of Netflix possibly Blade being in there along with Moon Knight. That's another series yeah. long been rumored, with i Ghost Rider, I could see I've them heard, going that first, but think of that, Cloak like and Blade, Moon Knight, Cloak and Dagger, no, oh, no, Cloak, no, I've I've heard, heard, Cloak, Cloak Dagger's and Dagger's going on uh, as Freeform, freeform which I, oh. that's going to be so horrible, because those shows, I'm not looking forward to freeform that, Freeform went from being ABC Family, which I loved, because I do the 25 Days of Christmas every year, like, that's one of the big things we look forward to, but now they've gone to basically, like, this teen emo network, where all their shows are basically, like, crappy twilight love driven like
1: i will fight for you
2: like the cw
0: it's like fight for you and
1: when we talk about coco dagger and i think i mentioned it before is the idea that i do like what brian michael bendis did with the characters in the ultimate universe yeah and if they go with that route they're fine but i think it's one of those things where i'd I'd rather see it as part of a spider-man story oh for sure yeah or or spider-man I don't want to see it in a soap opera-y kind of thing on a network. I just don't want to see that.
0: Just real quick with Brian Michael Bendis. I want to say that the first three episodes of Power Season 2 dropped. I'm bare through them last night, and they are amazing. The first three episodes of this season beat the entire last season. Nice. It's seriously amazing. And season.
2: also, speaking of Brian Michael Bendis, I didn't get to chime in about this last week, but I heard you guys talking about it on the podcast that I missed. Really excited for a Miles Morales Spider-Man animated movie. Yes, I am so because well, I love
0: him, I love the idea of my Omar. He's the few, like i said, one of the few ultimate characters I actually enjoy. And he has but such an amazing,
2: uh, he has such an amazing supporting cast. But yes, back to X-Men.
0: we need to defend this movie. I don't understand why it's getting the bad reviews. Uh, I saw a great meme. It was like you, you're lost because you follow blind critics. This movie was <laughs> awesome. Um, but needless to say, the final act of this movie, I feel, was really well done. I really enjoyed the final battle. I liked seeing how Xavier went bald. I like that little mm-hmm. scene there. I like the idea of Gene Gray having to unleash the Phoenix Force. That whole scene was really cool, like where it basically he's beating the crap out of Xavier and he's like, You'll lose because you're alone and I'm not. And then. Boom! Jean Grey comes Phoenix. in and just starts walking in. And how great was that scene where she just starts walking forward, and then eventually cool. she's just walking on air? Yeah, that like I thought that was so cool. And I loved the team up at the end of them all having to team Finally, up. Finally, they men fight is one, sending everything. Then you had Storm coming in, you had Cyclops blasting him, Jean Grey is blasting him, and then my favorite scene of the entire movie because it's something I've always wanted to see: Nightcrawler's group teleport. Something that is such a, a small scene in the movie, but I thought it was so cool because it, you see that it exhausts him, like yeah, it's, it to show the really. strain on it. But like that's the thing that I love is he's trying to take everyone's head, and you literally see them like flashing in and out a couple of times of him trying to do it and not being a, And then finally, when he does it, I was like, yes! It was such a cool moment for me because that's something from the mm-hmm. comics that I always loved. Even in the X Men Legends game, if you had Nightcrawler on your team and anybody ever fell off a building or a cliff or anything like that, he would teleport down and grab them, and it would be like one of those cool moves. So I I enjoyed seeing that. As we said, Angel and Psylocke are really the only two things I can ping this movie for. I mean, yeah. what, his, his what transformation opinion, was pretty cool. I really like, but what, did, what in your opinion, what is giving this movie the bad reviews? I really think I'm buying into this whole thing as a movie critic and as someone that does these advantage screens and things like that. I know for a fact, Marvel does pay for good reviews. That's a, a well-known fact. They don't try to hide it or anything like that. Like they do pay for positive reviews, but I feel like now it's kind of turned this weird way where Marvel fanboys will a say anything not made by Marvel Studios is not worthy. They they hold up this weird hand, but now it seems like it's almost like anything that's not a Marvel movie. Look at what happened with Batman versus Superman, which the extended trailer came out today it looks amazing. Look at X Men. Like I don't see why these movies are being picked apart.
1: Well, I mean, the whole thing is this: is Marvel? We've talked about it before. Marvel has spent the last almost the last ten years building this wonderful universe that we all enjoy. The problem is when you get to the when you look at when you see things uh, not under their umbrella. Like, DC has done a rush job to try to make this universe work based on what Marvel's done. Um, Fox has been fighting that, and they're probably the closest one that says, we're doing an okay job. You can knock out the Fantastic
0: Four. But it's this idea of comparing everything to a Marvel movie. It's uh, it's the equivalent of basketball. Like, everybody gets compared to Michael Jordan, but it's like they're different eras, different players. You can't compare them. You can't compare them,
1: but when you have somebody who's doing something so well and you have people reacting to it, You can't, you know, you're going to have that comparison. We can't, you know, we can't control what fans are going to say. And to talk about
0: Marvel paying for good reviews, well, the idea is they want the X-Men back. They do. but that, and, that's the other, and I think that's one of the reasons why these reviews tank. But you also got to look at the fact that for what X-Men has and the write-arounds that they have to do out of the characters that they can't use and don't have rights to. And, and those three lines, I feel like they've done a pretty good job with this last trilogy. Say what you will about X-Men Last Stand and X-Men Origins mm-hmm. Wolverine and stuff like that. For what this trilogy was, first class, which I think is by far the defining one. In the series, for me, as far as what it was bringing, it had this very weird, like, family vibe to it, which I really, really yeah. liked. Days of Future Past, which was an amazing sequel, mega. I hold that up there with X Men Two, as far as like sequels. That was and, a great sequel, and for what that did, which was setting up this timeline in X Men Apocalypse, and I feel like it wrapped itself up nicely and setting up a new trilogy. Yeah.
1: One more thing in terms of this, uh, props to the U Jackman scene. I, the only thing Weapon I will, X, Weapon X, is you, I, the only thing I was a little upset was they shouldn't have revealed that in the trailer. They yeah. really should That, w- that would have been that, that, that would have been That would have been, been the thing that would have knocked it out of the park for a lot of people who were getting this movie correct. That's
0: what I call Darth Maul syndrome. Because tell me, had you not seen Episode One's trailer going into the movie when he first lights up a double-bladed lightsaber, that you wouldn't have lost your mind.
1: I would. I was happy with that one. I don't mind like reveals like that, but it's 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 one of those things where I felt it about uh, you know BBS. The moment they show Doomsday, Doomsday, and we we're like, great, and you're like, wait. This is the third act
0: villain. This is not good. But then again, that every, whole movie was in the trailer. But, no, so. but then again, like I have to defend that everybody hated on that Doomsday reveal, saying, "Oh, he looks like a Ninja Turtle, he looks like a cave troll." And I told everyone, "Dude, Doomsday evolves. If you know a shred about the Doomsday yeah. character, he constantly evolves, and they showed that in the movie. So you can't even knock him."
1: I wasn't, I wasn't knocking that. I was just re- I the was, reveal. The, the reveal was about. the part problem, and I think with the X Men movie, with the reveal of Wolverine being in it, because we're probably this is probably going to last time we're going to see at least in an X Men film that we're going to see uh you Jackman, Don McClaws. It was just like I, I was glad to see it, but I was like, man, it would have been so much more awesome if they had waited.
0: But then again, I do like the whole idea at the end of it, right before he escapes of Gene Gray giving him his memory, Maybe. just the couple memories Maybe. of his name and things like that, which I really liked. But so that aspect of it I thought was really cool. What were your thoughts on the Mystique twist, if you want to call it that, the idea at the end that Mystique is leading the team with Xavier? I personally loved it. I love the Jennifer Lawrence take on Mystique, making her more human. Mm-hmm. Rather, I don't know. What were your thoughts on My that? My
1: thought was this. Um, throughout the entire film, I think they've been make one of the things I appreciate is they have brought up this, this relationship between— uh, Charles Xavier, Mystique, Raven Darkholm, Mystique's character. Was it like that Eric, in the comics? Well, no, it wasn't like that in the That's comics. This is something really new that I appreciate as a fan because it's like talking about this is the reason why Charles cares so much and he, why but, Eric cares. so Eric much. Eric cares so much because they're, they're you know the it, well Eric and Eric and uh, Charles may be on opposite ends of the spectrum. They both want the same thing. Mystique's kind of in the middle. She went. She was on Charles' side for a little while. She was on Magneto's side for a little while, and she's in the middle. And but the idea is that relationship has developed over three films that is a, because you can see how much uh, Charles cares for Eric. He wants him to come home. He wants his family together. And I he like cares. that they have them together at the end, even if it's just for that quick for second. A second. It's just like, man, you're he's like, you're my bro. I mean, he's like and they have this idea. They know the ide- ideologically they don't stand on the same page. But they want the same thing.
0: That friendship is, in my opinion, the greatest dynamic between a hero and a villain. If you want to call it that, in all of comic books, I
1: don't even want to call it. It's like Magneto's not really a villain. You know, he does villainous things, right. but it's with purpose. It's not like he's going out and robbing a bank and saying, "Hey, you know."
0: But even just for example, like in X Men Two, them playing chess in like his plastic prison. The idea of like, oh, I helped put this dude in here, but he's still my best friend, friend, so I'm going to go play chess with him every week. Yeah, just, it's like, just that idea of the the dynamic, and even if you notice, I don't think even in any movies. He's ever taken over Magneto's mind. He's always had no, the respect he... for him. because In the first X-Men movie, he takes Sabretooth and chokes him up there and tells him to stop. And then he's always gotten into like, guards and stuff, but he's never invaded his brain. And he's only done it to Mystique once. Yeah. like Just the idea that he respects his friends to that level and things yeah. like that is really cool.
1: And even know. outside of this, he doesn't, he doesn't go into Mystique's mind. It's the idea that Jennifer Lawrence is playing this character. It's somebody he cares about because essentially they grew up together. He loves her like a sister. And... You know, that's the thing I always come away with this trilogy of films is that, you know, they built br- they built this familiar relationship, which is great. Um and I appreciate it as a fan. And if you
0: don't have to like it, it doesn't have to be canon in the comics. But I appreciate what they did on screen. I just like how she came back around. It seems like in the first movie they were together. In the second movie, she started on her own path, and then they wrapped it up by bringing yeah, her back absolutely. around to lead the new team of X Men. So I can really appreciate that. As we said, having Magneto back at the end, even if it's just like he's going back to start again, but the idea that like he has found that that's not who he has to be. He does yeah. not have to be the bad guy all the time. I re- like seriously think about it. when this movie at first or when they first announced First Class, and you heard they were recasting Magneto and Professor. X tell me you, you didn't have trepidation because Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are so iconic but who would have thought they pulled it off like honestly I think they both they did, did a great it. job like, they
1: did they both nailed it and I think when you look at James McAvoy went to Patrick Stewart and talked about this and especially when we got Days of Futures Past I was the super scene cont- of them the, facing each other dude. and it's like this is where I think that they get the film really right they talk about this and they've, they did the casting very well for uh, Magneto with Michael Fassbender uh, keeping the Ian McKellen Ian McKellar's character in there. James McAvoy's done a bang-up job with that.
0: Patrick Stewart's back as Professor X, though, in Wolverine 3. So it's like, I like that they're bringing them back. And apparently, James McAvoy is set to be in New Mutants. So yeah, It's exciting to see what they're going from here. I'm excited for the, the next turns in the X-Men universe. I know Olivia Munn is pitching Psylocke in a Deadpool crossover. Well,
1: yeah, I want to talk about this really quick, because you all heard the news a few uh, a few weeks ago where she had basically said she did not want the role of Vanessa... Uh, in Deadpool because she was going to get more screen time or the character was more interesting in X-Men. And I'm sitting, sitting here and we watched it and when we talk about it, she was a throwaway character. She had character. three She's like, yeah, you know, she just showed up. She they looked good in the suit, though. She, she said, what you do, do you like, want? I know the type of mutants you're looking you for and more. I know where to find them. That and then, you know, outside of a couple of scenes where she's just kind of walking around with her sword, and I'm like, you know, and this is the other thing about Brian Singer. Brian Singer leaves a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor We talked about that mall scene. uh, Talked about the mall scene. And for those. Which is a mall? (laughs) Which is a mall. But even outside of that, the fact that uh, anybody who doesn't know who knows, will probably end up in the
0: next movie. Taylor Swift is Dazzler. Which is really cool. Which Uh, which I think is cool. And we're going to see Jubilee's powers in the DVD, which I think is cool. One little cutaway scene I just want to mention real quick is when Raven and Beast first meet again, and they both acknowledge that neither one of them is blue, and then Nightcrawler just cuts in like, I'm blue, hello. (laughs) Just that little scene there. So needless to say, this movie does not deserve the flack that it's getting. Check it out in theaters. There's also high-quality torrents available. Not that I'm pitching piracy, but I'm saying if you can't get out there.
2: I feel like there was one huge missed opportunity in the end scene where xavier's bald and the door closes i wanted him so badly to just say to me my x-men oh, uh, i wanted it so bad
0: i I, well, I love mystique whatever you think you knew it's gone you're no longer student you're x-men so i thought i feel like that wrapped it nicely i thought the minister sinister after credit scene was really cool to set up wolverine 3 and x-23 which well is, even us x-23 that, is the rumored replacement for wolverine is the, is so. the X,
1: yeah x-23 is interesting um outside of that i She's was also,
0: wolverine
2: in the comics now anyways yeah
1: she is Wolverine in the Try comics. But the the he other said. the other thing here is that the thing I didn't appreciate is that you know Apocalypse's character plays a major role, especially in Mr. Sinister's stuff. Because there are their cohorts, sometimes rivals, sometimes enemies. You think Steven Merchant's
0: playing Mr. Sinister? <laughs> we know he's been at it for oh, like, man. like seriously, that he he could I think he could pull it off. Mm, I don't so we're interested in to see how that's going to go. So yeah. that's going to wrap things up for this. week just want to add in a quick rest in peace in the Marvel Universe. Civil War Two came out yesterday, and James Rhodes was killed along with the She Hulk. So it's sad to see them depart from the Marvel Universe. But as we know in comics, nobody ever. Yeah, stays that was dead. Ter-
2: that was sad.
0: Yeah, I wasn't was not expecting that. War Machine's always been like my cool guy because I, I love the idea that he's just he's Tony Stark's best friend he no matter He was begging
2: what. for an upgrade too. <laughs> yeah.
0: like, he
1: didn't get it, and now he's dead. <laughs> it's like nineteen eighty is upgrade, and you're like, oh.
0: Should have gave him that upgrade. <laughs> I love it. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. Definitely check out all of our shows. Now we're running four shows between two different networks. We have AC on DC, Critics Corner, Get Your Geek On, and The Movie Minute. So for this week, signing off, I am Charles Kiwatz. Robert Dokes. Hail Hydra. Really? Yeah. That's what you want to go. <laughs> now you're going to start getting death threats like oh, right? sorry. I meant
2: Anthony Arsenio. All Anthony
0: right, guys, we will see you later. Get out to your comic shops and get out to the movies this week. Tons of great stuff out there. Have a good week.
2: get